good morning good afternoon good evening welcome welcome to our all new episode of the full court press it is i prince ayla wall um abe for short i'm joined here by sean lowry and brooklyn barry uh sean is away at the moment but we do have brooklyn barry welcome back again consistency consistency so we love to see how you doing i mean everything's good over here um Definitely trying to be more consistent with these drops, especially as we're approaching playoff time. So mm-hmm. I'm just excited. It's also the official first day of March, which means, you know, cue to March Madness by Future Songs. Uh, March Madness is here for college basketball, too. So be and on we, the lookout. We're definitely going to be getting into it this month. Exactly. So be on the lookout for our extra episodes that will be dropping throughout the next uh, couple of days and throughout the month of March that will be focused on our college basketball season. Uh, but that being said, let's get started. Last last episode, we talked about the All-Star game. We talked about some of the trades that went down. Uh, now we have a few games underneath our belt so we can start to analyze. But the biggest thing, like I said, today is March 1st. The biggest thing about today is that Kevin Durant makes his debut with the Phoenix Suns tonight. They are playing, I believe, Charlotte it is. Yeah, Charlotte. They're playing Charlotte. Unfortunately, LaMelo Ball is out for the season. So, no LaMelo Ball in that Charlotte game. What are our expectations for Kevin Durant now that he is a Phoenix Sun, given where they currently are in the standings? They are the fourth seed. Uh, Given all the the talk we've had about the Suns throughout this season, their courtiness and all that. But now that they acquired Kevin Durant, Barry, let's start, let's start off with you. What are your expectations for the rest of this regular season and for the playoffs? I mean, after acquiring KD, though they gave up two, you know, great rotational pieces in Mikhail and and Cam, just acquiring KD should put them over the top. I mean, you got to remember they still have Aiton, they still have Devin Booker, and they've been getting a, a lot of pretty good, well, Pretty, pretty good play from um, Josh Akogi, who's been showing he has, like, potential to be a, a good 3 and D wing in this league. He's been racking up steals as of late, um, hitting his shots and KD's absence. So there's speculation that he could be a normal part of that rotation. Um, there's definitely high expectations for Phoenix to win, and not just win, but win this year because of, I mean, they were a finals team just recently without KD, you know? Mm -hmm. And to have a a great coach like Monty Williams, an all-time great point guard in CP3, um, Devin Booker, who will probably be a top 15 shooting guard, like, all-time or top, you know, I don't know what his potential as far as, like, that is. We haven't discussed that yet, but he has all the talent. Um, And a, a high pick who's, you know, I don't want to say he's proven himself in this league, but Aiden has definitely had some great games and he's helped them in in a few series in the past. So they don't have to overly rely on, on one person. They can attack from different angles and I have high expectations. I'm not really, I don't want to say I'm high on the suns, but I have high expectations for them. I had a question though, as far, you know, related to Phoenix. And that question is like, if they do win, if they do win at all, who benefits the most from from that occurring? Like, in 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 my situ- in my head, it's situational. Like, it would be, I guess, 
who was the finals MVP. You only have one winner on that team that's playing heavy minutes and Kevin Durant and everyone else is trying to get that ring. So it, it helps CP3's legacy a lot. It, it, I mean, oh, it, yeah. could, it could cement his legacy in some eyes. Um, a young career in Devin Booker and Aiden, it's definitely good to get that out of the way young so you can, you know, focus in on everything else that's part of your basketball career. But I'm just, it's just been on my mind lately. Like, who benefits the most? Even KD, who's won two times in Golden State, a lot of people don't value those rings the way they they put up other people, other people's rings. So, I, you know, some people may say KD may benefit the most from winning outside of Golden State. And some people call this Phoenix team a super team. So I'm just curious. Well, at least the path to which KD would get these rings are different, right? You know, he he was traded, even though he kind of re- the rumor is that he requested to go to Phoenix. Was that cemented as like fact, or is that just a rumor that he? Yeah, no, he requested. he requested. He requested. Okay, out. so um, he requested. He he didn't initiate like requesting out. It it definitely was because of a few other things, mainly Kyrie. Yeah. And he he's actually had comments on that lately about how he felt about the Kyrie Irving situation and and how he felt that the Nets were you know they were finally doing what they wanted to do basketball wise, and then that happened. So yeah. it wasn't just in his plans to up and leave, but yeah. ultimately after Kyrie, the Kyrie situation and with the deadline ending, I think, you know, I, there is rumors that if we could have gotten a Siakam deal done, he may have, you know, tried to stay, but seeing that we weren't, we didn't have much traction going on, he requested out. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, one of the things about the Golden State, the biggest reason why it's so like undervalued when it comes to KDs because they're like, wow, you really just ran to a super team. In this case, he didn't run to a to a super team. And at the same time, <laughs> have we all when have we applied the word super team to the Suns? Because I thought that it was under the impression that we didn't really take the Suns seriously. You know, like yes, they've made it to the finals before, but they're not a team that is to be feared, especially in the Western Conference. So for me, um it's pretty pretty straightforward because KD is the best best player on the team every time he steps on on the court. You know, he he is he's just that nice. He's just that efficient. We've talked about it in Brooklyn. He's just been that disgusting and without without having to do as much as his peers have who are averaging thirty plus and whatnot. Um, I think that everybody on that Suns team is the one who benefits the most. I fully believe that if the Suns were to win the finals, KD would be the reason he would be finals MVP. I, I I don't think I would put money on it. And as a result, again, the Suns would benefit the most. It'd be great for KD, of course, but definitely CP3 finally winning one, that's that's big for him. Like you mentioned, Devin Booker, the young cat, you know, he's had his own little issues in drama about people saying he's soft and whatnot. He's, he got one. Aiden, who's been unhappy with the Suns and whatnot, he finally got one, and he's still, like, what, under 25? So now maybe he does get to go wherever he wants to go and he has that championship under his belt to to demand a bit more money and whatnot. It works out mostly uh most well for the for the Suns in my opinion when it comes to that question. What about you, Sean, when it comes to uh who does it benefit the most if the Suns were to win it all? But also what is your expectation for the rest of the season as well as for the postseason now that KD's in Phoenix? So my expectations, well, one, for, for this game versus Charlotte, I expect KD to look amazing. It's Charlotte. 
they're not very good. So they're trying to tank at this point. So um, I expect him to look good. I expect, um, I expect honestly, because you know I know depth has been like a, a question for the Suns. I actually think they're going to be fine in that regard, just because in the playoffs, anyways, your rotation short shortens, and the fact that KD is coming kind of later. I was well, he's been here, but he's about to finally play with like what 19, 18 games left in the season. Um, I think they'll be fine. My biggest question for them is just more so chemistry. You know, obviously Monty, he's a, he's a great coach, but maybe the rotation, maybe when to sit, you know, Chris Paul or, or KD, um, just those different things like that. And then as far as who it benefits, to me, this is an easy question. It's CP3, like no question. I don't care if KD's MV, MV, finals MVP or not, or Booker, because um, at the end of the day, KD is going to get criticized regardless. That's how I look at it. Even if he wins with the Suns, he's still going to hear stuff because it's going to be one of those things, oh, hey, you left and went to another great team, right? And you went to a team that has three all-stars. Not currently, because I know Booker wants to joke and say, oh, we're not a super team because KD, he's only, he was only all-star player this year. Okay, cool. Ha, ha, ha. Funny. But as far as, you know, the the – you, you're playing with great players. CP3, one of the greatest point guards ever. He gets a ring. All of a sudden, that elevates him a lot. Mm. Um, Booker, obviously, people want to compare him to Kobe Bryant at one point for whatever silly reason. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Aiden, obviously, Aiden is, is an all-star too, right? And mm-hmm. gold his own. Um, he was one to leave and, and, and try to be a franchise player for, for another team. Uh, Pacers, man. But so... Um, that's how I kind of look at it with that. And I look at it like for KD, it should be easier, right? So every time he's played with the, uh, not that I don't want to say Westbrook is selfish. I don't want to say Kyrie Irving is selfish, but their style of play is different, right? Uh, Steph Curry to me, I will always say he's not a point guard to me. I look at him as a combo guard, but he's a willing passer. And obviously they have, they have Draymond to, to facilitate the offense. He's going to have that again with CP3, but he's going to have a two-point guard that's going to make it that much easier for him to get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just look at, like, for CP3, that's that's who it helps out uh, uh, tremendously just because of the fact that, like I said, KD, I think, is still going to hear the jokes. Booker, I mean, he's still young, so he doesn't even really get criticized besides when he complains about double teaming. But he'll be fine. Like, they're, they're you know, Aiden will be fine. Cool, they'll be champions. But. By far, CP3, especially because, I don't know how old he is now, 38, 37. So he literally has like, you know, two, three years before he's going to hang it up. So I think that will definitely, definitely elevate him. And it won't surprise you where people are start having him as top three or something like that. Okay. So here's a question for both of you. Um, just quickly before we move on to the next topic. Their next five games, what do you? what is your projection for them for the next five games? Uh, they at least have one game in between each. So we don't have to worry about a back-to-back, which means most likely that KD would say he probably will still miss a game or two for sure, but he could also, depending on minute restriction, probably play in all five. Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, OKC, Kings. Well, I actually think they have the potential to go. I mean, it's not really, you know, anything pivotal to say, but Mm -hmm. it's I think they have the potential to go five and oh. And at worst, I honestly think it would be four and one. 
I think the game right. that they could potentially drop is is um I guess some people would say Dallas, but I think it'd be Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Sacramento catches them on, you know, a night where they're attacking and things are going right for Sacramento, they could beat them that night. But I don't think definitely they're they're winning tonight at Charlotte. Put money on that. Um no LaMelo ball. Um but Chicago, Chicago's it's just we haven't seen much of Chicago since the Patrick Beverly trades. It's just an interesting yeah. thing. But I just I really think Phoenix shouldn't have a problem with these next couple games. Yeah, it's, it's probably kind of boring, but I agree with Jabari pretty much with everything you just said. Like five, I expect five and zero to be honest. Mm. Um, that's even if KD doesn't play every game. Mm. I just think they'll, you know, they'll be fine. Um, Their primetime game will not primetime because I assume this is a Sunday. Will be against. Will be that Dallas game. It'll be on ABC at one p.m. Because what what seed is is Phoenix right now? They're like number. Phoenix four. is the fourth. Yeah, they're the fourth seed. So yeah, I don't know if it's possible. But who knows? They, I mean, I don't. I would have to look at the schedule. We might have it in front of me, but they um, are, not schedule, but the standings. The they are two and a half games behind the Kings. Two and, and how many from the from the second seed? They are five games behind the Grizzlies. Five games. Okay, so then, I mean, four. You know, I'm. I it, it'd be easy for me to be like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna. You know, jump to the third seed, but I'm gonna say they're gonna stay at the fourth. I'm gonna say okay. they're gonna stay at the fourth. That's what I'm gonna say. Oh. And actually, that would be kind of fun if it was, because right now it's Suns and Warriors. That would be kind of a fun matchup. If yeah, it could be Suns Warriors. If your Clippers get it together, it could be Suns Clippers. You know, there's yeah, there's I definitely don't want that. I, definitely, <laughs> I don't want that. Like any other no. time, like I, I I love playing the Suns because I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can smoke them. I respect it. I respect it. Okay, no problem. All right, moving on. Um, so we've mentioned uh, one of these teams already. Kyrie Irving has played eight games with the Mavericks so far, and we just want to react to their last five because that's actually when we got to see Luca and Kyrie play at the same time. In the first two games, that miraculously, uh, <laughs> no Luca. They won against the Kings and against the Clippers. They have been one in five since, and that's as a duo. So, what is our thoughts on that pairing, and how does that look? The Mavericks are currently the seventh seed, so as I like to say, they are currently in regulation. They are fighting for a playing spot, basically. They've been on a two-game losing streak. Four, they've won four of the last six. Sean. How did you like? How do you like this uh, this team so far, or what do you dislike about this team? I think I said it beforehand that when the trade happened, it scared me. You know, um, it was to help Luca, right? It was to try to give him "quote unquote" help. But like I've been saying too, I don't think Luca necessarily wants that kind of help. Not the help that's going to take the ball out of his hands. Um, you know, I think he he would prefer to have a, a either a big he could lob it up to. Or like what Jabari said with, with Jokic or something like that. Um, but no, like this this pairing's not gonna work, in my opinion. One, because they both don't play no type of defense. And two, they both obviously flourish with the ball in their hand. And I just think Luca, I've I've said this multiple times. Luca is in his stage of his career right now where he wants to be the guy. Right? Excuse me, like I've said before, there's different stages in careers, right? Mm-hmm. You have the the prove it stage, right? When you first come in late, you want to prove it. 
and then you have the accolade stage where you're trying to rack up as much as you can, awards, all-stars, whatever the case is. And then you're like, okay, hey, I, I want to win. That's why it's so rare a lot of times where we see these young players win right off the bat. Obviously, if it's a good situation or whatever the case is, right? Um, so I think Luke is still at that stage where he's trying to prove it. He's trying to showcase himself. He wants to get MVPs, right? He want, Not saying he doesn't care about winning, but he wants to win his way. Same thing that James Harden. That's why it's so ironic that the same people that hated James Harden loves Luka because they have very mm-hmm. similar styles in mind. So that's just very interesting that, that that how that works at times. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see it working. I I personally think they're gonna be on the first round. I mean, anything can happen depending on the seating, I guess. But I'm pretty confident that. They so you at least still have them making it via the playing games because that's I where do. they I are. Do. Okay, I still have them. I still make it, have them make it to the playoffs. Um, and then just being out in the first round, and then I think Kyrie just leaves from there. I don't know where. I know obviously Lakers are gonna be the favorites, but I don't know exactly where is the best fit for him, but I don't think that Luca and Kyrie work in that sense. Not that it can't work, but I almost like I like I say, I just feel like Luca's at this stage where he doesn't want it. You know what I mean? It's it's similar to similar to like how Harden um didn't want Chris Paul, right? I mean it's a little bit different, but you you get what I'm saying where they both need a mm. ball in their hands. And Chris Paul kind of was trying to tell James Harden, hey, this isn't the way to win. We got to do it this way. And then James Harden's like, all right, yeah, you got to get out of here. So I think I think it's going to be like that, man. I think Kyrie's going to go somewhere. I don't know where, but I think he's going to end up leaving. Um, and, yeah, this duo just doesn't – long term, just I don't see it. It just doesn't work. But I know why they did it. It was to please Luka and to show, hey, we're trying to win. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can get players to come over here. I mean, the Christian Wood pairing was working. No, very, no, Woods. Very... Like I, I said that too when they got that. I, I don't know if y'all remember. I said that does not move me. That does nothing. <laughs> this man is allergic to to rebound and to play defense. No yeah, yeah, that's fair. What about you, Barry? What are your thoughts on this Kyrie, Kyrie and uh, Dallas? I mean, I still, I still kind of feel the same way I felt when the trade happened. As far as I don't, I don't like the fit for Dallas. Um, it it didn't make sense then, and it's still after seeing a certain amount of games played, still doesn't make much sense. It's just it seems like Dallas has made a lot of moves in the last year predicated on easing the load on Luca, but also these moves for me have all seemed like offense heavy moves. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are just speaking about Christian Wood. That's a one dimensional offensive player. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I ever seen one, um, getting Kyrie, like you look over things like defense with Kyrie because yeah, I wouldn't say he's a liability, but he doesn't help any team's offense. Um, teams are gonna want switches. You mean on, defense? You mean teams defense? Sorry, sorry, defense. Yeah, yeah he a hundred percent helps teams offense, but mm-hmm. he um he doesn't help any team's defense. He definitely can hold his own on one v one situations, but. Teams are gonna try to attack Luka and Kyrie, specifically Kyrie, because if you're looking at both of them, Kyrie's the the smaller option. Um, mm-hmm. So it just it didn't make sense to me. Um, looking at these last five games where they're one and five, sorry, one and four, they only won against a a, a Spurs team that's 
really, really <laughs> trying their hardest, like to outright tank. Like, and I've been saying this all year. Like, they're like openly tanking. I don't even know how they won. They won like their first game last night in sixteen games. Like, yeah. they probably won it by accident. That's how hard they're trying to tank. Um, and that's the only team that Luca and Kyrie have beaten together as a duo. So, um, it's it just I don't think knowing Kyrie and it's it's not easy to say knowing Kyrie because no one really knows him um but just just going off of what I know of, about Kyrie I don't think he wants to be in Dallas I just think he wanted to be out of Brooklyn um and not have to deal with Joe Sy and stuff like that so this is his temporary home and I can guarantee you he's going to try to find his way to LA as soon as possible like look at the options look at what's going on in LA like they got rid of the guards they got D'Lo if you got Kyrie that's willing to come and then the other option is extending D'Lo, what are you going to do? You know mm. what I mean? So, and then there's also been rumors that KD and Kyrie aren't, um, they haven't ruled out, I guess, playing together again in the future. But this was oh. before KD's recent comments where mm. it doesn't sound like he's not putting everything on Kyrie in these recent comments, but it doesn't sound like he's happy with the way things turned out in Brooklyn. So mm. I wouldn't, be so quick to assume that they're, you know, going to team up again in the future. But one thing I will say is, and reiterate is, I don't see a future in Kyrie Irving staying in Dallas. And if he does, honestly, I think it'd be stupid <laughs> on both sides. I, I'm sorry. I'm, to be honest with you, I think it'd be dumb on both sides. Like, people, people, people think that Dallas should just settle for Kyrie because they haven't gotten um superstar talent alongside Luka. Like, just because they it just hasn't happened yet. So it's like, why would you chase the one that's come out of town? But it's like, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? So it would be dumb on both sides because they're going to have to pay him a lot of money and then he's going to have to live in Dallas for the next couple of years. And knowing Kyrie, he he don't want to be over there. So, Well, that's what that's what I was going to say. If he stays, it's, it's strictly for the money. Right? They just right. paid him a ridiculous amount and he's like, no other team is going to actually give me this much money. Cool. We don't. I don't got no state tax. Whatever. I'll just go wherever you know during the off season, or whatever the case is. But I want to ask y'all this too, um, because I know a few years ago he actually mentioned it about playing here. I'm surprised personally. Like during the buyout, again, I'm not saying it's a game changer, but just as far as helping, um, I feel like in the locker room a good a good mentor in a sense, and and also to help defensively. I'm surprised uh, Dallas didn't try to go get Patrick Beverly as a backup. Mm, that's fair. I guess they saw um, – maybe they saw a conflict in positions or something like that. Like, they didn't gotcha, see gotcha. – Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, maybe Patrick Beverly wanted a starting position too, so maybe that's why. But I'm just saying there was no reports be. of Dallas, like, trying to talk to him. Because I do remember a, couple, a few years ago – when, uh, is it possible Luca did, Luca had a say and maybe he doesn't fuck with Beverly? You know? No, well, I mean, from what I've heard of Patrick Beverly, and again, this is like maybe two years ago, I think, mm -hmm. before he resigned with us, two or three years ago, and he was just saying, like, you know, that him he loves Luke, like, okay. loves playing with him. And then I remember he was asked about it when he was like a free agent, and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, playing with Luca at all. Like, I think that'd be dope, okay. you know, so – um, so I don't know. I mean, it sounded like him and Luca was kind of cool, but who knows? Well, it it goes to 
hearing that, then it just further solidifies what you and Barry have been saying about, like, it seems Dallas really just made these moves. They're just flashy moves to, to just say, like, hey, we're trying something. Because if you're going after stars, you know, at least you're attempting something, especially since Dallas has struggled to attract stars. Now, at this point, this is what it's, it's telling me, that <laughs> that's why these moves don't really make sense. It's, it's in the weird, long though. Like, if you're going to get a star, and unfortunately for them, they shipped out some of their best active perimeter defenders in Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie, like... You would think, all right, we got to hit up the buyout market. We got to get mm-hmm. in contact with any any defender that can hit a shot that's available. Like, we need to be in contact with them. And it doesn't seem like they have much interest in that. And I've always said the best defenders in Dallas either got traded out in the Kyrie trade or don't get minutes. Like, JaVale and mm. – um, what's that guy? Was it Frank N? Frank Nadalino, whatever. Oh, like, yeah. There. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these are defensive specialists. They don't really get minutes like that. And then DFS got minutes because he's 3 and D, um, or at least he was in Dallas, and no. he's gone now. And then Dinwiddie, just as whatever they had him as, as a backup, as a starter, he plays defense. Like, he's not the best defender, but he's a willing defender. Yeah. Um, and they just like it's basically like they don't really have that right now. And I, I even seen a comment the other day from – Tim Hardaway Jr., who said basically the role players have it easier now, the ones that are left at least, have it easier now because the defenses aren't playing Luka how they used to play him because they have to respect Kyrie. So he said, like, basically our job, it gets easier. We get way better looks. But these guys don't really play together as a unit defensively. Mm-hmm. Um even, it's even, not leading to wins, so yeah. <laughs> even even the, even the most recent loss, um, as as we're recording this podcast, was um last night against a a Pacers team that's like seven games under five hundred, mm-hmm. um, and they point. lost by two points to the Pacers, mm-hmm. despite outscoring they outscored Indiana by what six in the fourth quarter and two in the third, so. They outscored him by eight in the second half and still lost the game. Just just off of what happened in the first half. After the game, they asked uh Pacers coach, former Dallas coach, Rick Carlisle, they said, Did you get Luca anything for his birthday? And his response was, uh, I got him Tyrese Halliburton. His Halliburton dropped, I think, thirty five last night on um sorry, thirty two last night on him. So he did. It's just, it's just <laughs> it's just definitely on, interesting in Dallas right now. On fifty percent shooting, nine yep. of eighteen from the field, yeah. With the messed up yeah. form and everything. <laughs> yeah, he did damn. That's cold. Miles Turner had twenty four and seven. Yeah. Um that's that's a good point. So we'll see. Luca dropped thirty nine in that game. And uh hey, Kyrie struggled. Yeah, Kyrie only had 16 shots, 7 of 18. Lucas shot 56%, 14 of 25. All I'm going to say is there was a point in Brooklyn this year, or sorry, this season, where in their last 20 games, KD and Kyrie won, were 18 and 2. But I mean, they could go, he could do it. <laughs> Remind them. Yo, it took the Nets all the way to the second seed, threatened to take first, and then, you know, it just, well, we all know what happened from there. So, we got a chance to look at Kyrie and his new digs. We've had three games with Russell Westbrook, still in L.A., but with the other L.A. team, the Clippers. Sean, I know you had stuff to say during the pregame while we was getting ready. 
let's talk about it. Let's talk about your thoughts on Westbrook and how he's fit so far with the Clippers, as well as your expectations for the Clippers for the remainder of this season and the postseason. Uh, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, at the time of this recording, the Clippers are 0-3 since Russell has uh, been added to the roster. However, I think you guys would be interested in hearing what Sean has to say. You know, I, I'm trying to hold back tears because I'm up uh, tears of, of being upset. <laughs> um, oh, no. No, but uh, seriously, though, Westbrook, as far as Westbrook, you know, I told you I had mixed feelings. I really didn't know how to feel. And a lot of that, I put a lot of that on Ty Lue and Paul George. Um, but let me first talk about Westbrook. Westbrook, he hasn't been bad at all. Matter of fact, I would say Westbrook has been really good, especially the first game. Um, and then the other two games, you know, he's pretty solid as well. You know, actually, I want to say the second game he played in, I cannot think who we lost to. He got benched in the second game, didn't he? Yes. In the fourth quarter? Yes. Um, because Tyloo, I, I don't know what Tyloo, Tyloo wanted to play man, which is fine, because that's what I do want Terrence Mann to be playing. But, like, you shouldn't have more, it's his rotation, man. Uh, his it's, like, rotation, it's like the the idea of it. I'm sorry to cut you off. The idea yeah, of ahead. it is good, but it's like the timing is terrible because Russell yeah. is actually playing well. You don't want to take away from Russell when he's playing well. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, like, like there's no point. Like, if you want to get man in, which, again, I do, I think man should be playing, yes. Then why is he not taking Morris's minutes, right? Like, that's there's no reason why Morris – if Morris isn't hitting a three, like, there's no reason for him to, to be playing. But, like, Tyloo is giving me very Doc River vibes, and, and I'm getting, like, PSTD. What's it called? PSTD? Um, PTSD. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Look, I don't even, even know what to say. That that's, This thing oh, about Doc no. Rivers alone makes, makes, makes me sad. But um, that's how I'm feeling right now, just because, you know, when, when he's asked about Morris, uh, Lou is over here, like basically saying, like, oh, he brings other stuff to the table. No, he does not. This dude is getting cooked defensively, not hitting no shots, not even crashing the board. What is he bringing? And and since we've got since we've gotten Westbrook, our turnovers has went up crazy amount. And again, I'm not even blaming. I'm not blaming Westbrook. I know he he's going to turn over the ball at times, but it's not even just him. Paul George always is careless on 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 the ball. Like, I'm pretty sure you could probably type in highlights of just <laughs> ridiculous turnovers from Paul George because I swear he does at least three or four a game. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're like, who are you pa- – why did you pass it to the crowd? Who are you giving the ball to? So, but as far as, you know, when I'm inspecting, man, like I, I, like I told y'all, like, they cook. I, I have zero – zero, you know, actually, let me not say zero because y'all said zero, zero five percent <laughs> – Belief that they can turn it around, and the hey, only I said you can keep it. You can keep the zero. Yeah, I know you said hey, the only, look, this is the only reason I'm giving the five. I'm only giving the five in the hopes. This is terrible. That I have to hope this, but in the hopes that they stay the six seed and they match it with the Kings, and they actually take care of business. And even then, I'm not even confident they will take care of business in the playoffs with the Kings, just because of the fact that I have no clue. What what Ty Lue's gonna do? Ty Lue over here talking about, oh yeah, you know I might I might sprinkle in sprinkle in uh, Covington. This man hasn't been playing all season. We've been asking for it. Now you talking about, oh yeah, you know I got something in the bag for the playoffs, bro. 
<laughs> what are we doing? Like, like we need to build chemistry. And chemistry's all messed up because, again, Ty Lue and Paul George pleaded for Westbrook. Again, this isn't Westbrook's fault. So I don't want anyone thinking I'm picking on him or, I, you know, I hate that we added him. No, I hate that we added him so late. And I hate the fact that, now, again, if, if we added him and Ty Lue said, hey, man, you just got here. We had a good thing going. We were 10 and 2. You know, when, when Terrence Mann was in the lineup, we was, we was playing pretty strong. Before All-Star game, we was looking amazing. Like, it was really starting to jail. I don't want to mess that up. So I'm going to have you come off the bench. And you're going to play, you know, 23, 24 minutes. And, you know, you continue to do good things for us. And I'm going to obviously, you know, put you in a position where you can start for us or whatever the case is. But instead, he literally acted like Rusk has been there since day one. <laughs> hey, let's just roll the ball out. Hey, yeah, Paul George, you got your buddy now. So it just threw up everything. Like the team doesn't seem in sync. Terrence Mann almost, he tweeted the other day, like, oh, what did he tweet? He literally just, I, I have to find it because he said something like, I'm trying or something like that. Um, I know his mom was liking comments on Twitter about her son not playing. So, you know, it's, it's just, you're really messing up the morale of the team, I feel like. And it wasn't necessary. So that's why I say these boys is cooked. Because you wasn't, you wasn't putting that into consideration. You just got caught up in the name. Because now I look at it like, so, so what are we doing? Our, our, so, so we built a Russ reputation. Yay. Russ can play. Russ wasn't the bad guy. It was the mean old Lakers. Yay. Good job. Okay. Now, what about the team though? Oh, yeah, yeah. They 0-3. But hey, Russ looks good though. <laughs> hey, Russ, hey, it wasn't Russ's fault. Like, okay, that's cool. But no one was thinking about the aftermath. And that's why I put on Paul George. I feel like Paul George was like, oh, yeah, they doing my bro dirty. Yeah, no, we need to bring him here. We need to bring him here. And, yes, again, has he helped us in, in picking up the pace because we're one of the slowest teams? Absolutely. Has he made um, some, of the, some of the buckets easier for Kawhi and, and Paul George? Absolutely. But at the same time, when you pay max players, I shouldn't – I don't care if it's Russ or not. You shouldn't be having to rely on a buyout player. He's a buyout for a reason. So your two superstars shouldn't be reliant on a buyout player to help save you. You're paid max money, so you should take care of business, right? And so that's the part that, that annoys me is just one of those things I feel like, is this a redemption tour or are we trying to win games? And that's how I look at it. Like, what are we doing, Ty Lue? All of a sudden, you be, and again, I said this too, Ty Lue, when we first got Russ, he would sound like a fanboy. I'm like, I don't need my coach to sound like a fanboy. I need my coach to coach. You definitely did say that. Mm -hmm. Whoever's going to help this team win needs to play. Whoever's not, sit them down. This is at, we're at 18, what, like 18, 19 games left in the season, and you're still trying to figure it out, talking about, you know, oh, yeah, you know, probably three more games in, I should be able to, to kind of know what rotation. Bro, we're – we're a game and a half away from playing. What are you doing? So that's my frustration. That's why I'm just like, yeah, these boys is cooked. That, and that's I, actually I, my biggest issue is the Ty Lue part. Like, that was going to be most of what I even talk about is his rotations. And and I know it's frustrating you. Um, You were going to finish up, though? You had something else? No, no, no. I'm, bro, at this point, I'm just ranting, brother. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's all I'm doing. I'm just ranting. Go ahead. I'll probably chime in with a rant like, 
Like, fuck you, nigga. Like, you know, just... To be fair, this was the rant that we were expecting from Bari about Steve Nash. To be, we were we were due a, a Nash Jabari rant on this podcast. Unfortunately, we never really got it's, it. So it's at least funny we're getting though. it with. It's well, I'm the one that would tell Jabari. I would when, rant. Yeah. Now, now we get it with Lou and it's, Sean. And it's, it's funny because when the Clippers hired Ty Lou, I always said like I'm not a Ty Lou hater, but I wasn't like his biggest fan either because I just mm-hmm. I, I had problems with some of um some of certain things in Cleveland. Yeah. Well, his know, first like, year, he did good. I, yeah, I for sure. That. You know, but then it's like coming out of Doc though. Coming out coming yeah. coming out of Doc's shadow, it's like you're gonna the bar in hell. Too. Yeah, you the bar's in mean? hell. <laughs> yeah. But going back to Westbrook for a quick second, um in these first three games, he hasn't he hasn't been that bad. Um when I look at Westbrook, I look at to to determine if he's playing well, I look at efficiency and I look at turnovers. Now, in the first game, he, he did have seven turnovers, but he had 14 assists. It was his first game with the Clippers. And that went into double overtime. And it went into double overtime. That where score lost, was ridiculous. <laughs> where they lost by one point, 176 to 175. That was Kawhi, ridiculous. Kawhi Leonard played like 46 minutes or something. So that was a crazy game. Um, it's forgiven. in my I mean, in my head, at least, the to- turnovers were forgiven, especially when you double up on turnovers with assists, you know. So against Denver, he put up 17 points again, five rebounds, four assists, cut down on the turnovers, only two turnovers. But this time he added a lot of steals. He had like five steals that game against Denver. He was really trying to help his team get a win from what I saw. Um, And a problem I had in that game with Ty Lue is for four consecutive possessions, he had Westbrook and Terrence Mann in together, which is something I, I like. You know, like, you don't always have to take away from one to give to the other, especially when Terrence Mann isn't even a conventional point guard. So he's he can play multiple positions. So they shared the court together for a couple possessions, and four consecutive possessions, it resulted in three defensive stops, one steal, one drive off of a defensive stop, and it was a lot of energy. It's it's obvious that it doesn't have to be one or the other. Man and 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 Westbrook could play together, and that could even open up, you know, some some minutes for Highland here and there. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. Just like Sean was saying with Marcus Morris being off at times, um, it's just weird to me. Tyloo just is really conventional in some certain ways, and he's not playing like players that the Clippers need. Like you would think he would be playing Rocco. Like every team that's had Rocco in his career has utilized him as a three and D wing defender and a really good one at that. I don't, I, I felt like if I had to look into the future, a couple of episodes back, it would be Westbrook that I'd be ranting about. And I'm not saying he's been perfect as a Clipper, but Ty Lue has to get this together. There's no reason why they should have lost to Minnesota 101-108. Um, what was it last night? Like, yeah, extremely winnable game, though Kawhi was off. It was even a game. I'm sorry to just go back and forth. It was even a game where Ty Lue benched Westbrook and man at the same time and had Marcus Moore and Eric Gordon playing down yeah. the stretch. Like, this yeah. isn't time to play. Like, you can that play was in probably practice. The Denver game. Eric Gordon got well, 25 minutes. This, in this, this is the biggest, but this is the biggest thing to I would say in the biggest in the biggest reason for the losing streak. This is what happens, right? When you when you put a team to because right now they're they're 
missing, you know, they're turning the ball over like crazy. Like I said, missing rebounds, missing defense assignments. But this is what's going to happen. This is the risk when you all of a sudden, you know, put a West – and not even just Westbrook. Again, they they literally just got these new parts to – or these new players, what, like a week or two before All-Star break, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is the risk that you have when you do something like this and there's only like 18 games left in the season. And that's the part that's so frustrating. Like, there was no reason, I look like, to, to nuke the rotation this late in the season. Like, they overdid like, it. They exactly. overdid it at the damn deadline. Look, all they needed, in my opinion, like, if you acquire Bones, you got Bones as a backup for, for man. And then you acquire Plumlee, you definitely needed a backup center who could, you know, catch lobs and do certain things that Zubak couldn't do and also just take a load off of Zubak. Like, these are things that you needed, but they it's like they over-addressed situations. Like, they didn't necessarily need Eric Gordon with all of these acquisitions. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, you got Marcus Morris, and he's just, like, since he's been a Clipper, I don't know if it's me, like, looking at fantasy a lot, but he's, like, in and out of the lineups, in and out of rotations. He's taking personal days. Like, it doesn't seem like he's yeah. all the way in into yeah. what you want, especially for – uh a championship caliber team because it's like yeah. regardless of how people see the Clippers and I know the Clippers are really low key so like a lot of times people forget about them but when you look at this roster this is a championship roster like oh absolutely like, George Kawhi Leonard coached by a championship coach in Ty Lue the the role players aren't terrible you got three and D players you got ball handlers you got uh, up and coming center and Zubak who literally over perform I don't know if this is the correct word but in my opinion, he outperforms his contract. Um, yeah, no, that's, he, he, he you got the right word. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous how, like, mm-hmm. we saw it the first game, too, right? The Kings <laughs> score 176 points or whatever yeah. the case is, and they were just feasting, and it's crazy. Like, people don't understand what, what Zubak does for him, for us with the presence. But I want to share with y'all, too, real quick. So Terrence Mann replaced Reggie Jackson because that's when he finally benched him. Mm-hmm. It was uh, January 8th. From that point, uh, Terrence Mann started – 20 consecutive games, okay? Now, within those 20 consecutive games, when him, PG, and Kawhi both played, or all three of them played, I'm sorry, they averaged only, what, 11 turnovers a game, but then they their record was 10-4, and four, right? And so, like I said, too, I forgot who they played last before the All-Star break, but they looked really, really good. And so when you see that, obviously Ty Lue sees that, too. When you see something like that, my thing is why – they played really the Suns. Just, just be like, forget all of it, right? Or do something completely new. Like that's that's where my issue with the whole thing is. Um, and so yeah, that's why it's like honestly, it wouldn't surprise me because Balmer, you know, he's spending his money. He 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 loves the team. It wouldn't su- surprise me if if he shakes up this roster, and says, "Hey man, we got somewhat blow it up. Maybe not all the way, but let's blow it up." And if he does, I'm completely fine with it, just because they have underachieved. At this point, either because of injuries or now because of Ty Lue. That's how I feel with it. Um, Because we, we still dealt with injuries, of course. But it shouldn't have taken and, – and that's the biggest problem. That's why I said Ty Lue's had his worst – because uh, yeah, his worst coaching job that he's did since he's been a Clipper. Um, now you can obviously question how he was in Cleveland. But since he's been a Clippers coach, this is his worst year. It took him 60 – what six about sixty games to figure out the rotation, like bro, you you can't see clearly that Terrence Mann every time he's on the court something good happens. You can't see that Reggie Jackson just don't got it for us no more. 
you can't see that John Wall eventually, obviously, you know, John Wall wasn't playing at all. But at the time, like you can't see your force, you're like forcing this to happen and it's not happening. So that's what my case is, man. Or my issue is I should say with everything. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't have much faith. Y- y'all might have more faith than me on the Clippers, to be honest. So yeah. I don't think Russ should be overly hated. He's trying mm-hmm. to fit into a team. If he if his play needs to be criticized, I'll definitely do that. I have no problem criticizing, you know, bad decision making or whatever it may be. But just as much as we're critical on these players, we need to be critical on coaches. And, you know, like I always love when a black coach is hired into a position. So it's like I'm just I'm hard on them because I want them to be the best at what they do. You know, I want it to be normal that we're the best at what we do. And I feel like sometimes they just take shit for granted. And it's like, it doesn't seem like they're always striving to get the best out of their team. And and at times it seems like they're pandering to the superstars on their team rather than trying to support one through 15 or one through 14 or however much people is a lot on the NBA team these days. I don't know, but it's just so much politics and, and, other semantics that's involved in running an NBA team and and running or being a leader of grown men that at some point it's just like you need to prioritize winning basketball games and mm-hmm. and what product you put on the floor is is going to be the best product for the organization you know so politics, that's all I have to say that, that, that's that's a big one but that's for another day but politics, that's- <laughs> That's why I've been enjoying college ball. Even I mean, there's politics in college ball too. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. it's not it's not as bad. So yeah, it, 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 that's very true. Is why I've always in, enjoyed college basketball, college football a bit more during the regular season. Operation find Jabari a team that he cares about. Oh uh, well, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got, I, got I, Syracuse. I tried to like um adopt Syracuse at a time, but I don't know. At this point, it just got. I think best case is finding the favorite player maybe that's true true. maybe i'll help him or well with how little players stay at school maybe a favorite coach (laughs) what what player made you a duke fan abe uh for me actually it was coach k that made me a duke fan i was just infatuated by coach k yeah i mean you could always like uh was it st john they're not doing that good right now but that motherfuckers it's hard to say oh i'm a st john's We're going to find the hey, J. Cole, didn't J. Cole go there? I was just trying to give you, you know. Nah, we'll, we'll find you. We'll find you a team. I think I think maybe player or coach finds uh, find someone that really like, you know what, this guy, this guy is it. And then hopefully, because, well, March Madness is the best chance for you to find someone. March Madness is definitely the go. best chance for you to find someone. So we're definitely going to be on that March Madness tip this season. Um. Concluding with the Russ talk, as you heard us say, you know, we've all been very critical about Russ because what are things I will address when it comes to uh, social media and uh, the fandoms is Laker fans will like to say, oh, now everybody's a fan of Russ. No, no, no. We've always been fans of Russ here. We've just also been very critical. Like, I, I still attest his basketball like he was leaves <laughs> much to be desired. You've heard yeah. Sean be critical and whatnot, but just because we're not blaming him for these losses. Don't don't think that we switch up and be like, oh, y'all Russell Westbrook apologists or whatnot. No, it's just we realize it's not his fault for these losses. It's really yeah. not. <laughs> like, you know, in L.A. where we can point out some of those losses to his fault, 
so far with the Clippers, again, it's only been three games. Can't really say it's Russell Westbrook's fault. It definitely does come down to Ty Lue and how he just needs to figure it out very quickly before uh, Clippers fall out of regulation. Speaking of which, this is my last question for you guys. Clippers are currently the sixth seed. It is a very precarious position because it's half a game up or down. Do you still have them making the playoffs? Or do you have yes. them probably falling out? Yes, making the playoffs. Okay. They're making the playoffs. There's no way they're going to fall all the way out of the playoffs. There's no way. Well, no, they're not going to. Well, if anything, they'll be put into. They are very close to being put into regulation or playing the playing game. Play in? Yeah, so if they lose a playing game, then, you know, there's a potential to be out. out. Uh, so, let, me, let, me, let me look at the Western Conference right now. So, right they're now, six. they're six at 33 and 31. Behind them is Dallas. Half a game. Minnesota, then, Utah. Nah. They're tied for first. There's no, there's no way they stay. I mean, they okay. drop below six. I don't think so. Okay, so they stay six, which, Sean, you mentioned would be ideal for them to stay six. And I don't see how a team like Dallas. Dallas. After we just spoke about Dallas, like I don't mm-hmm. see how a team like Dallas can be better than a team full of two-way players in LAC. Look, like, from, my, from my sanity, they better be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm literally going to miss an episode because I'm about to get my Oh, And then what? I'm going to hop on to the following episode and just rant. All right, can can we we're gonna start a GoFundMe so we can get uh Shaw Lard to potentially go to a spa treatment if he if he needs it. So where is my GoFundMe when every star on my team <laughs> left? Uh, well, well, you became a dad. <laughs> you became a father, so you you had your time away. We're gonna put like, we're gonna put Jabari's cash app in the description of this episode on Spotify. <laughs> Honestly, though, oh no. Okay, so so we have uh, look because I love Kawhi. I would hate for them not to make it. So I'll say yes. They stay six two. Um, please, please, Clippers, get it together. I would hate this for Kawhi. Before we get off the Clippers, mm-hmm. since I asked this, a similar question about the Suns, who would benefit the most from the Clippers winning a championship? And also, if they don't win. And mm. this whole era of Clipper basketball doesn't result in anything. Who does this look the worst on? When it comes to who uh, benefits, I think that's, for me, that's a tough question because you have various storylines with each individual player. You know, you have Kawhi, who people recognize as being, when healthy, one of one of the top five great players in the league, right? But he's been... He's also been the butt of many load management jokes and people started to kind of forget or to not take him seriously. For him to win another one, third ring, well, not third ring, but this third franchise he's winning the ring with, I think really does well for his legacy. Then you have Russell, who is like, yo, <laughs> Russell, Russell finally gets one, right? That's that's great for all the ridicule that Russell's gotten for the toxicity that people always attributed to him saying you know it was his fault that the okc thing never really worked out with kd while kd left yada yada uh then you have fucking paul george which is (laughs) oh no for me to who benefits it's really i think this is where it gets very very situational because each one can benefit greatly and for their legacies and their careers i think it for the long-standing Clippers, so excluding um, Westbrook, it would be okay. Paul George would benefit the most in my in my head, mm-hmm. and um, overall Westbrook would benefit 
you know, just as much because he has everything else in his career but that. Yeah. But, but it would be Paul George for me. The biggest losers would also be Paul George. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. It'd be both. Paul George. <laughs> I agree with both. You got to understand, like, aside from Paul George not having one, and this is out of his control, but mm-hmm. he was kind of trade swapped, whatever, for shy, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. one thing already that people will look back out at in hindsight. Um, but at the time, the at the time, real basketball fans knew shy was the truth, but mm-hmm. we were willing to accept the trade because you're pairing Kawhi with a similar player like himself, a two-way player in Paul George, who was probably a better shooter from distance or is a better shooter from distance. It just seemed like a good fit. Like in hindsight, most people probably would do it again. You know, mm-hmm. if they didn't know how shy's OKC days would turn out, well, they'd you know, probably what? do it again. Except I'll for Sean. It. Yeah, I definitely. I, I'm yeah, Sean was definitely. No, Sean paid, was Sean paid extra attention to Sean. Yeah, like, yeah Extra attention. Like, that, was, that was the son. That, that was, was the son. son. So that's why I, I, I was going to actually say it's Paul George, but it's also Kawhi for that reason that you said. Okay. If, if, they, if, they, lose, if they lose or they win championship and, you know, and Shea just wasn't like, I mean, he was going to ball, I felt. So let's just say it just wasn't enough, baby. Like, I can live with that. Right, but the fact that you gave up so many assets for this piece that Kawhi said he wanted, this was his just like just like how I blame Paul George for messing up the chemistry and Ty Lu for Westbrook because mm-hmm. that's who they wanted, that's who they was, and the franchise is going to listen to their star player. I'm gonna do the same thing for Kawhi. If Kawhi is paid attention, and I blame Doc too. I you know I'm always gonna blame Doc, but I'm blaming mm-hmm. Doc too because if Doc actually played him like he was supposed to play him. Then maybe, maybe Kawhi would be like, you know, yeah, I see something in that kid, right? Because I look at it just like with, in a lesser degree, but I'm I'm gonna take y'all way back. Remember when Shaq went to um, Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Wade wasn't Wade yet. Now people that watched Wade, they saw him like, oh yeah, he was nice, but a lot of people still didn't know who Wade was. And Shaq mm-hmm. was like, I want to. Now again, he he was injured during the regular season. He balled in the playoffs, but regardless, Shaq was like, yeah. I think I can win with this guy. So I wish that Kawhi paid attention. I'm, I'm sure Kawhi don't be on social media or don't be really caring, whatever. Um, and probably wanted to be with his homeboy. But I just wish he paid attention because I just look at how much money we could have saved and what other assets we could have brought in with Kawhi yeah. and Shay and the build potential. that Because we still had a solid roster. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a bad roster. On top of the other draft picks we could have used to maybe get uh, a, a Paul George or, or another type of quality player later down the line. So we already will have Kawhi and Shea as the foundation, and then we can bring in a third guy. You know what I mean? That's just how I looked at it, and that's why, for me, I hated the trade. You know, and I get success. And I've been saying, I've been on the record, if we don't win, which, again, I, I don't know. It just right now it doesn't look good. If we don't win, I'm never going to be the forget that trade. That's just going to be one of the worst trades ever for me. And and I'm not being hindsight because everyone that knows knows I hate the trade. So, <laughs> no, I understand. So as we begin to uh, wind down, there is uh, well, big news that we have to discuss, especially as we discuss teams' future playoff hopes and uh, with so many few with so few games left in the regular season. Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James has a foot injury. And he will be out for at least two weeks. Um, and really, that two weeks is just to reassess the injury. The timetable 
is expected to go on longer with Shams reporting that it will probably be up to three weeks. Others saying that it will all come down to what the Lakers standing is during his absence. Um, so, Bari, no LeBron for at least two weeks. What does this mean for the Lakers who are currently fighting? Uh, they are the 12th seed. Now, mind you, whilst, again, we say 12th seed, but they're only one game back from regulation. One game back from the 10th seed, which would put them in the playing spot, at least fighting for a playing spot. So, bro, um, Bari, what are your thoughts on this injury? What are your thoughts on the Lakers' chances? Do you think that they'll be able to hold their own? Mind you, they haven't had D'Lo for the last two games. He is expected to come back against the Timberwolves, which is Friday. He's expected back Friday against Minnesota for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what they're saying. They're, they're eyeing the Friday game as his game to return to. Okay, well. Which means he'll miss tonight's versus uh, today's versus uh, OKC. Yeah. I mean, if you can't beat OKC without uh, D-Lo and LeBron, you just pack it up. <laughs> not, well, you know, we talk about Shy. You know, who knows? Who knows? Let's... He's out for COVID or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Shy. Oh, damn. Out. Never mind. So, Never mind. Okay, so see, if I they lost, they would just be losing to like Josh Giddy and shit, like Jalen Williams. They got two Jalen Williams in OKC, so they'd be losing to both of those Williams and Thor in them. So it's like if you can't beat them guys when you have AD playing, and even if you're missing um, D'Lo as well, like you still got Dennis Schroeder, you have AD playing, you have um guy they just traded for. I think what's his name um. Scotty Pippen Jr.'s, whatever, what, Beasley? Is it Beasley? Yeah, they got yeah, Malik yeah. Beasley, 3 and D. Um, yeah, Mark that's the one that was smacking um, Mrs. Pippen. <laughs> um, I'm screaming. You know, like, um, they have a, a active big who is very crucial in, in them winning games um, because the Lakers suck so much. I'm forgetting his name right now. I think he can, he got – they got him in a trade with Minnesota, I believe. Oh, uh, Vanderbilt. 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 Vanderbilt is so underrated. I'm, I'm, I'm. I just want to say real quick. I'm just happy that he's getting his shine because I've, I've been a fan of his. By the way, but continue. There's, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to hold their own. Um, as at least to remain in playoff play. Sorry, play in contention. Well, they need um, to get in playing contention first. How far out are they? Let me see. Only a game back. Only a game back from tenth. They're twelve. They're the twelfth seed, but they're only a game. And back they're behind out. like the Pelicans, who like can't win to save their life. Like, <laughs> yeah, sticks. Pelicans have Blazers fallen last, so hard. Like most of these teams in their last ten games are four and six, from sixth seed all the way down to the eleventh seed. They're four mm-hmm. and six, and then the Thunder are four and six. The Lakers are the only team that's five and five. Like they need to yeah. continue. AD needs to um be assertive. Um, you got to look at his record without LeBron in his career, it's 461. With LeBron, it's 739. He's extremely successful with LeBron. But this year, AD missed, what, 20-something games? And LeBron, mm-hmm. I think he had a, a positive record without him. Um, it, it, It's indicative on AD's, like, at this point, like, everything he does is reflective on his career. Like, I don't think he can just survive off of having good New Orleans stats and a bubble ring in L.A. Like, he needs to show up and be a leader of this team because he is a leader of this team. He was a superstar in this league, and 
as far as we know, the only thing that's stopping him from being that is injuries and consistency. Um, Man, this... if AD was to take that step to where it's just like he recognizes who the hell he is and he became a leader, I, I think it'd be just scary. If I, I, think... I, could, <laughs> if I could, like, sacrifice Ben Simmons for AD's health, I would. Because it's like he doesn't <laughs> – no, nah, like he doesn't do anything for Brooklyn. Like he's – yeah, he, he got like a sore knee. Like we just lost – Brooklyn just lost yesterday. Um, And we were beating Milwaukee all game until the fourth quarter. We just lost yesterday with a bunch of kids, no Ben Simmons. We got a back-to-back. We're playing the Knicks today. If we lose to them again, they're going to be talking shit. No Ben Simmons. Like, he's useless for us. $30 million of nothing. So the I definitely – and I, I'd never want to do the Lakers any any favors, but I'd definitely sacrifice him so that AD can play because at least I know AD wants to play. Mm. Um, as fragile and as much jokes as people make, he wants to be out there. It's frustrating to be as as fragile as he is, you know? Yeah. So it's it's, it's – um. I mean, it's good that he's feeling healthier now. I hope he remains healthy for these next two weeks. It's like all you got to do is, bro, just ball out for a couple of weeks. Um, whatever happens, happens. If they make it, they make it. But they can't just be a team that's overly reliant on LeBron. When we look at that roster, I seen a, a picture, I think, yesterday. LeBron's the only player on that roster over 30. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing AD's like 29 or 28, but he ain't 30 yet because LeBron's the only one now after all these trades have taken place that's over 30. All these other guys are young players, and they need to step up, especially they got the shine now. People say, oh, we don't like watching the Lakers. There's a bunch of people standing around looking at LeBron. Well, he ain't playing now. So if y'all ain't winning now, who's who's to blame? Yeah, that's um, really crazy that he is the oldest. The next oldest player is actually is Dennis Schroeder in AD at 29. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Right. So like he ain't even he don't even got no one in the low thirties, mid thirties. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just LeBron and a bunch of kids. You know what I mean? Lord so have mercy. They should, they should have the energy and uh, to to step up and just do what they got to do. They can ball out, no restrictions. Um, as long as AD gets his shots, it shouldn't be a, a problem with anyone else. Hit the open shooters and see what happens. Um, Darwin Ham, I think he's been okay. I don't want to be too high or too low on him, mm-hmm. but I think there's been times this season where people are like, oh, Darwin, what are you doing? It's like, what do you want him to do? Like, look at the situation he came into. And on the other hand, like, you would want a coach to be more assertive, but he's a first, not just a first-year coach, but a first-time head coach, to my knowledge, um, having been hired out of Milwaukee system. So it's just, it's only so much you can do in that situation, at least. So, mm. yeah. All right. Sean, what about you? As far as just what I expect from the Lakers? Yeah, um, with this two-week absence for LeBron, what are your expectations for the Lakers? Um, Do you see LeBron possibly sitting out longer Um, or coming back sooner? I mean, I'm I'm similar to Jabari as far as, yeah, I expect them to be able, for sure, be a OKC, right? And then... Mm. Um, honestly, I, I think they do have a good enough roster to, to stay afloat, to be able to be, you know, four and one these next five games, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LeBron just depends on, it depends on basically if, if he's feeling right, because I wouldn't want him to, to basically do more damage, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I, even though I like this roster, I don't view them as a championship team. Um, so even if, if he literally was like, hey, I'm sitting out until you know we're actually in the play-in i would be fine with that too um 
just because at the end of the day, you don't want another Kobe situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where pretty much got injured and was never the same. Now, did they ever say exactly what the injury was? Like Right foot that? injury. Um, No, it said that it was an injury sustained in the game to his foot. Because at first when he said the pop thing, I was like, oh, shoot, is it Achilles? You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, okay, all they so, said is they're going to re- reassess it in, uh, in two weeks because he's not playing on it too well. Okay. Um, so in two weeks, they'll see what's, what's good with it, but that doesn't mean he'll be back in two weeks. So for sure, he's out minimum two weeks. And they okay. strongly believe it'll be three or more weeks until he's ready to play. But again, that also, it goes beyond three weeks depending on what their standing is. That's the belief. Did we mention he was in a walking boot at the game last night? No, I saw that though. Yeah, he he was in a walking boot. So yeah. if he comes back, I gotta be like playing time or something. I don't see yeah. him coming back for much exactly, games. exactly. Yeah. That's why it's they're they're saying like, yo, honestly, he could be done for the season if the Lakers, you know, flounder and they don't move up. Then what's the point when? <laughs> At the end of the day, one thing LeBron has always done well to make it this far is to take care of his body and himself. So, yeah, I, I truly, truly believe that would be the first priority, um, first and foremost. So we'll see what the Lakers do if they are out. Okay, so if it stays to two weeks, we talked about their first five games, but I'm gonna quickly just go over the teams that they play up until the 15th. Let's say that's the two week mark, right? You got OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto, Knicks. Pelicans, Houston. Just based off those names alone, we we would assume positive record. Yeah, I can see them winning seven to six games. Yeah, yeah, I give them I give them five six. Probably okay. Five, so six. they either go five and three or six and two. Okay. Now, if it extends into three weeks, we'll go into the twenty second, right? Then you add on Dallas, Magic, Phoenix, uh, additional three games. So they they'll have a lot of time to rest. For that's for sure. That's LLW. Sorry, oh. you said Dallas Magic Phoenix. Yeah. That's LWL. They're going to lose oh. to Dallas next time they play. As long as Luka and Kyrie play again, they just they just blew a 28-point lead to the Lakers the other day. I don't think they're yeah. going to lose again without LeBron. Okay. And AD sparked that that he's he's a big part of that comeback defensively too. So yeah. I don't see Dallas losing to the Lakers next time they play. Okay, so you gave them um, probably at this point six to seven wins over the next three weeks. Then. Yeah, six to okay. seven. Okay, and that you that would be the same for you about seven, probably seven, seven wins for you too, Sean. Yeah, yeah, same okay. amount. Okay, so that's over the next three weeks, barring you know we'll we'll see. Uh, but gentlemen, we have them positive. Um, is there any last teams that you guys would like to talk about in terms of one that you're keeping an eye on for the remainder of this season as the race continues to tighten and we have so few games remaining? The Knicks have overtaken the Nets mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. As hard as it is for me to, to say that, <laughs> they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They haven't lost a game since they made their trades for Josh Hart. win streak. Six game win streak, eight and two last ten. Um, Josh Hart's been clicking with them. Julius Randle's been playing phenomenal as of late. Um, Jalen Brunson's been playing phenomenal as of the last like two months. Um, and RJ Barrett's just been okay. Um, there, it seems like the team's bought in on Thibodeau's schemes. I seen a, a Celtics player comment after that L the other day. I think it was mm-hmm. Derek White. 
that said, uh, or this is not a quote, but he basically was saying that the Knicks are extremely disciplined and their game plan runs shooters off of the three-point line where they either have to take a mid-range shot or they have to drive onto one of their rim protectors like Mitchell Robinson or the, the backup center or whatever. So he said as a result of that, they force you into a lot of mid-range shots. So mm-hmm. it seems like something Thibodeau would want. Um, that, that sounds like how he wants his teams to play. And they're bought into it. And it's good because among Knicks fans, Knicks media, just living in New York and Knicks town, the scapegoats when they weren't good was Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau. and now that they're good, it's mainly because of outside of Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Tom Thibodeau. So um, I would look out for them. Problem is, though, I don't see them breaking into the top four in the Eastern Conference. They have a chance with Cleveland's spot. They're not too far behind Cleveland, but I still see Cleveland as a slightly better team with mm-hmm. you know better star power. Mm-hmm. And then above that is Philly. Boston and Milwaukee, and they're definitely not better yeah. than any of those teams. So they're <laughs> kind of capping yeah. out. But Knicks fans usually celebrate anything, anyways. So I'm, I'm guessing I'll they're screaming. happy. <laughs> a little praise, but a little, a little reminder of, of who you guys are. At the end of the day, I feel it. I feel it. What about you, Sean? You know, I was thinking about just how loyal this one guy is, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if if someone's loyalty would help them get to the playoffs. And that's Mr. Damian Lillard. I just wanted to get y'all thoughts on, do y'all think Portland can sneak in? They're the 10th seed right now, but sneak into the play-in or sneak into the playoffs. Like, will that loyalty help get those Ws? Well, they are a half game out of the 10th spot, which puts them into play-in territory. However, they did win for their last six. It really comes down to, is Dame time going to activate? And and we all know about Dame time, Sean. you, You mentioned before, Dame time does show up. But will it show up only to get them into the play-in and possibly a playoff spot and then fizzle out? Or will it carry further than that? Um, We have yet to see any evidence that it will carry further than that. But I think that (laughs) with Mavs, Timberwolves, Jazz, Pelicans, for my sanity, I need the Jazz to make it because I I had them since beginning of the season. And they're they're playing games right now. Um, Timberwolves, I don't really care for. So if Timberwolves want to fall out for... Blazers to go in, that's cool, but at the end of the day, that would mean I would ignore the Lakers. And as a, you know, that's not a that's not a bad thing, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a in, bad thing. In my head, Lakers. for the Blazers to get in, Joseph Nurkic has to come back in the next couple of games. Mm. Um, like sometime next week. He's been out since January. It wasn't a serious injury, so but they're playing without their starting center and the backups are just backups. There's nobody of name or anybody that I can mention that you, oh, this guy can definitely replicate that production. They don't really have any post-production or activity down there without him. It's just a bunch of wings at that point. So I think Nurkic is... He actually might be back. Do the Treblers play today? If they do, he actually might be back today because they ruled him. They they had a back-to-back. They played yesterday. So he was ruled out of a back-to-back. Yeah. So he might actually debut today. Are you looking on Fantasy? No, I'm looking at NBA.com. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it, says, it says the same thing on my fantasy app. And um, yeah. he's also on my fantasy team. So 
if they want to make it, he needs to come back and and for me to do good in my playoffs, he also. <laughs> Shout out to KD because I'm getting him back just in time to to get get ready for playoffs. Um, but so we'll be keeping an eye on on Portland. Then, uh, you know, Dame definitely had those comments, like Sean alluded to about. Uh, he decided to to mention Russell Westbrook numerous times, but talking about how the grass, to paraphrase, the grass isn't always greener, right? And that some guys need to stick it out with uh, the situations they have and just write out the consequences because running away from the problems doesn't always equate equate to positive solutions. Um, look, Dame, we appreciate your talent and your skill, um, but in this day and age, there is, in my opinion, loyalty to a particular team is kind of dead. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of dead. Everybody should, not saying everybody needs to be looking out for themselves or anything, but when it comes to sports, it's very obvious that you're expendable. And when you're an ex- when you're expendable, you know, how often do we, here do look at how it is in sports when players get seriously injured their teams are like yeah you know we're gonna honor the rest of their contract we're like oh my gosh that's so dope that's so dope it's like well that's just human decency right like why are we celebrating just basic human decency my guy literally risked his life playing for you for your organization i would hope i would hope y'all take good care of him you know uh so I'm always down for players trying to make sure that they're taking care of first of all. Now, I was just going to say something Abe just said about the Dame comment was just weird to me because basically the it was highlighting that the grass isn't always green on the other side. And then <clears throat> one of the people he started speaking about was Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at Westbrook's situation, he played for one team for 11 years, basically. Mm-hmm. KD left OKC after the 2015-2016 season, and Westbrook played in OKC for another three years. Mm-hmm. He didn't request out because the superstar left him. He stuck it out, and as a result, from 2008 to 2019, he was a part of OKC Thunder. He's only been a journeyman for four years. So th- that that analogy doesn't even make sense to me. It's like the grass is always greener. You look at Westbrook, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of the grass being greener. He gave his all to one organization. They went to the finals. He was an MVP for that organization. He broke records with that organization and for that organization and eventually left. Um, where Whereas KD left three years prior to Westbrook and immediately won championships. The, the grass was greener for the guy that left earlier, the guy that stuck it out went through way more hardships mm-hmm. like I, it's everything isn't always a matter of let me find an analogy that suits up mm-hmm. or that 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 sums up how i feel or something that you know that's usually said that that can kind of make people buy into what i'm doing in my career if you want to well, stay with portland and never win damian lillard you could do that like no one <laughs> like people will talk about it but no one's gonna fight you over it like you can do that you can earn your money like you're still a winner you're still a millionaire you're still a person that succeeded in life but you just haven't won a championship and not just a championship you've Never as time goes on problem. you're 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 waning further and further out of playoff contention you're you, we, we ain't gonna live on that one two playoff moments that you've given us in your past forever so it's like if you ain't gonna win a championship what else have you done in your career like in the playoffs 
Well, that's the yep. funny thing I was going to say is, is like you say, you mentioned Westbrook, but Westbrook has accomplished more with OKC yeah. than with Dane because he, he got MVP, right? Been to the finals. Been to the yeah, Western. You guys Conference. are forgetting. Dame won the three point contest this year, right? So like oh, you have the my bad, my contest. bad. I have I have an MVP. Like those are 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 different things. So it's not even like this. Like you said, it's not. Even the Westbrook's the same a two time scoring championship. Um, That's champions or twenty fifteen, twenty seventeen. So he has all those under his belt as well. Like and obviously he has the records for the franchise too. Different records, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have records for Portland, yes. Great, amazing. You score 71 2. Salute. Amazing. But what else will you be known for? Right? Like that's that's the thing that it comes down to. But my question I was gonna ask How many postseasons has Russell missed compared to Dame? Cause cause even when Russell's been to new teams, he still made it to the playoffs. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> like, wait a minute. So so Westbrook has played in eleven eleven playoff games. Dame Lillard has played in eight. Okay. He made it with Houston. <laughs> he even made it with Washington. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's a journeyman, but he's played in the playoffs with every team he's been on except for the Lakers. And he's and he's going to play with the Clippers, too. So Yeah, you know. true. I, I was going to ask y'all, what would y'all rather have? Um, just a preference. Would you guys rather be with one team? Let's say, the, let's say the best you made it was, like, the second round. Let's say second round. Um, or would you have rather went to a different team and you went to, let's say, the conference finals, but you never won, like, the championship? Um, which one would you rather – like, that was basically, like, the high – like, that's the furthest you went as far as winning a championship. But you bounced around different teams, and you're still the guy. Like, you're still that, that top guy. Or would you rather be the top guy, you know, um, and you can add in whatever accolades you guys want. Like, let's say the accolades are similar, I guess. Which one would you guys rather have in your career? Which one g- gives me a chance to at least contend for a championship? Well, that would be the that would be you the journeyman, the, journey, the one that bounced around. Let's say you bounce around like three, four teams. AD's listed as out tonight versus OKC. Oh, AD Davis. Oh damn! So no LeBron, no D'Lo, no AD. I mean, they still can win though. I mean, it's OKC. There's right? no shy, yeah. So mm. anything can happen, I guess. <laughs> it's a toss up. <laughs> um, look, I if I was if I was at NBA and I hadn't won anything, I I ultimately would like to add a a championship ring to my finger. To me, you that's know, like that argument. A championship though, I said neither one. I said the first. Yeah, but but one but but one at least gives me a chance to contend. Oh, right? got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I I, I want to at least be like, yo, I I fought. You know, even if I didn't as a journeyman, if as long as I was able to still be productive. I, I want that career. You know, that I argument, w- like, if you take away Kyrie winning with LeBron, it would seem like Kyrie versus Dame. Mm. And in that situation, I guess I'd rather be Kyrie. Fuck it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at least Kyrie's still that nigga at the end of the day. Well, we yeah, don't question I, I'm Kyrie. I'm actually, I'm actually conflicted. I truly maybe would be loyal in essence just because, again, it's only if I won MVPs, right? Like, basically, let's say, like, let's say it was like, Russ with OKC if he never went to the finals and he's next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and the only reason why I say that is because, because let's be honest, Dame is very protected, right? He doesn't get nearly as slander as he should. Oh, easily. You know what I mean? Lo- he's actually by a media. Like, yes. Respective media and his peers and stuff. Yes. Like, 
right? Like, so if if I had a similar game co- career, but again, I I would need the accolades because at that point for me, I'm like, what are we doing? So <laughs> what are we doing so, here? <laughs> so to, to go to go to what Dane was trying to say, right, about loyalty, all that stuff. I feel like yes, to a certain extent. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know, the Lakers in the past, right? They they're a competent organization. Um, you know, the Spurs in the past, right? Like they knew what they were doing. Golden State, right? Like certain franchises, yes. Miami Heat, right? Stuff like that. Boston Celtics, things like that. But I'm not gonna be loyal to the Detroit Pistons. No. Right? I'm not gonna be loyal to the Washington Wizards. Like Bradley Bill, because now Bradley Bill all of a sudden is saying, "Oh well, you know, I don't know now, man. You know, I feel mm-hmm. well." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Now yeah, Bradley Bill starts switching too, right? too. So, yeah. So, so certain franchises, I feel like you can now. Portland again. Portland's never not that they've been a bad organization, but they're not known for winning. They don't know what it does. Like they literally haven't put anything for you to be like, "Oh yeah, Portland's the place." Now it's low key, it's chill, you know, but it's Portland. Nobody's going to Portland. You know what I mean? So that's how I kind of look at it. I feel like certain franchises, you can be. Like if someone said, well, the Knicks ownership, like it's not the greatest. But, you know, if someone was loyal to the Knicks and they had a good like front office. And, and I mean, they're starting to put stuff together. But they had like mm-hmm. a really solidified thing. I can understand it because you're like, hey, New York's attractive. I'm loved here. It's one of the best cities ever. You know what I mean? So I feel like certain franchises, you can and certain fr- franchises you shouldn't because at the end of the day, Damian Lillard is not going to be talked about with Dirk and Kobe and Duncan who stay with one team and won a championship. You're not even going to be in the same breath as Reggie Miller because Reggie Miller at least went to the finals. So mm-hmm. it's like you're a lesser version of Reggie Miller. Congratulations. I guess. Like a more talented but lesser version. Like, yeah. He has all the talent in the world. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like what is that? How how long is that going to speak for him? There's been a lot of talented players to have come and gone in this league. Like we're going to talk about his rapping more than his his hooping. Oh lord, well, not not me. Oh, not well, me. I, I, he hasn't I, dropped a project in a minute, so I haven't I, heard I about his rapping lately. <laughs> Screaming, but I uh, before we head out of here, I do want to um I do want to say real quick that we we had talked about it, but we never confirmed it. Quinn Snyder is the official coach for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he had his debut. He we mentioned Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill let it come back against the Hawks and Quinn Snyder's debut as Hawks coach to win it. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on the Hawks and Quinn Snyder and what we'll do. We'll wait for some more games under their belt to see whether Quinn has <laughs> can be the savior for the Hawks that they need or not. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, that's another another full episode of Full Court Press brought to you by Abe, Sean, and Brooklyn Bari. Thank you so much for joining us. Please, please, please be on the lookout for future episodes that will be focusing on the college basketball season as we hit March Madness officially. Uh, you'll hear our other uh, contributor, Brian Lewis, as well as very own Sean Lowry on those episodes as well. So, gentlemen, it was a pleasure as always. Yo, 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 it was a pleasure to record with you guys too. My bad, I was reading something. <laughs> <laughs> screaming, screaming. So, we out of here, y'all. All right, y'all. <laughs>